Ladies and gentlemen, we'll begin our final descent. As we prepare for landing, please make sure your seatbelt is fastened and your seat back and tray tables are stowed. Also this time, please put away all carry-on items, including laptop and devices of similar size for landing. landing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, prepare to enter Culturama with Diva. Hello, Culturama listeners, and welcome to this exciting episode of Culturama with Diva, where simplicity is the best thing. This program is sponsored by Inner Sanctum Entertainment LTD from Trinidad and Tobago and Accessible Technology Solutions from Australia. Hello, my name is Saddam Ahmed and I'm the Chief Executive Officer of Accessible Technology Solutions Enterprises. At Accessible Technology Solutions, we offer highly customized training for all your adaptive technology needs, whether it be JAWS for Windows, for someone who's recently gone blind, whether it's learning your Mac, or harnessing the amazing potential of your iPhone using adaptive technology like VoiceOver. For more information, please visit us on the website, www.accessibletechnologysolutions.com. I'm Saddam underscore Ahmed11 on Twitter at Accessible Technology Solutions Enterprise on Facebook or email us sadam at sadamahmed.com. Accessible Technology Solutions. Your problems, our solutions. We are in a Sanctum Entertainment Limited, proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. We encourage you to listen and join us in a journey of cultures, ideas, and innovations as Diva takes us around the world with her guests. An amazing show with an amazing host. We thank you for accepting the challenge of opening your mind. We are Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited and we are a proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. inspirational moments and my guest today is mr cyril scott aka sanchez hi cyril hi divan thank you for having me now this is going to be an exciting interesting program now mr cyril scott has a wealth of knowledge slash information to share with us so cyril could you tell us about yourself you know start with your boy days who is cyril before becoming uh, chief exec officer and all that stuff. <laughs> well, Sir Scott grew up in a tiny village here in Trinidad. I spent my early years there, primary school and all that. I didn't get through with secondary school for a number of reasons. But I think my life began to change around about age 10, 11, there about that's when I began to have very noticeable problem with my eyes. So that's that's where my early life started as a little boy. But I was normal. I was involved in everything. 
doing all the little things that boys did. So I led a pretty normal life until the onset of sight loss. Yeah. So Cyril, tell us about your blindness. What caused you to be blind or visually impaired? Well, looking back now, I think there must have been a history of congenital glaucoma in my family, at least on my father's side. Because apart from myself, there is another brother who also is visually impaired as well. Well, actually, he lost one eye in an accident at home. All right? So it must have been congenital glaucoma. Oh. So that my sight was, from then on, on what downward decline. And as if fate would have it, I had an injury to my left eye. Well, my sight was never the same after that. Glaucoma damaged the optic nerve. And so the sight was going, 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 slowly, 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 until eventually by about age, 30 or there about, it was all gone. Yeah. How did you manage being blind? How did you manage your way around? Well, actually, it was a very difficult time for me, losing my sight, not knowing what this is all about, how to cope with it. But I developed my own techniques in how, how I do things. Only to discover later on, as I did a course with the Hadley School for the Blind, that most of what I was doing then was what was being recommended by the Hadley School. That was a course on independent living for the newly blind. So most of it is techniques that I develop on my own and plus information that I gleaned from the Hadley School for the Blind. Again, and by associating with other visually impaired persons, I would have picked up a a hint or two along the way as to how they were surviving and how they did it. So I learned from the bumps and the bruises, from falling down and getting up and that kind of thing, and from the experiences of other blind persons like myself, yeah? Okay. So tell us about your family life. Uh, was your family supportive? How did they assist you in any way? No, actually... I would say that my family was not very supportive in those early days because of the fact that I don't think they really understood what was happening. As far as they were concerned, I could see because I could ride the bike. At one time, I could play cricket in the road with the boys or football. But the finer details I couldn't do. I couldn't read a small print on the newspaper or in books. You know, I couldn't see from a distance. I had difficulty at night. So they, they didn't really understand what always stand out in my memory. I remember while we were rebuilding the house, I had a couple of close shaves. I think it probably took all of that and more to make my mother understand that I really wasn't seen well. I remember there was a, there was a galvanized standing sideways in the corridor. One morning I woke up and was going out the doorway and I walked right into the galvanized. Thankfully, by the hand of God, that galvanized didn't cut my face or anything. Actually, it cut my glasses in two halves. Yeah? Wow. I was keeping far, I was keeping far from the construction. Another time again, a piece of wood with a nail. I walked into it and gave me one long slice on my waist. Mm -hmm. I still have the scar. You know, so it took all of that. Another time, I walked past the steps. So my mother called out, boy, you're passing the step. I think it took all of that to really make her understand that this boy wasn't seen well. He was having problems with, with his eyes. And I think, that, I think that's when my family probably became a little more conscious of the fact that I couldn't see very well. Yeah. Yes. Okay. 
Just a reminder, folks, that my special guest today is Mr. Cyril Scott from Trinidad and Tobago. And this program is brought to you by Inner Sanctum Entertainment, LTD, and Accessible Technology Solutions. If you need instrumentals, recording, mixing, or mastering, maybe a music video, photo shoot, or graphic designing, Need bouncy castles, face painting, popcorn, cotton candy, or characters for the kids? Want to do online or offline promotion? Maybe both. Let's print your t-shirts and everything else. Here at Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited, we got you covered. Reach us on FB and Instagram at Inner Sanctum Entertainment LTD, YouTube at Inner Sanctum Entertainment, and Twitter at iSanctum Studios. Or call us at 1-866-338-4123. That's 1-866-338-4123. Hello, my name is Saddam Ahmed and I'm the Chief Executive Officer of Accessible Technology Solutions Enterprises. At Accessible Technology Solutions, we offer highly customized training for all your adaptive technology needs, whether it be JAWS for Windows for someone who's recently gone blind, whether it's learning your Mac or harnessing the amazing potential of your iPhone using adaptive technology like VoiceOver. For more information, please visit us on the website www.accessibletechnologysolutions.com I'm Saddam underscore Ahmed11 on Twitter at Accessible Technology Solutions Enterprise on Facebook or email us sadam at sadamahmed.com Accessible Technology Solutions Your problems, our solutions. Now, Cyril, tell us about your years after high school. What was your occupation? You know, what did you do uh, for work? For at least six or seven years or so after school and all that. Well, I never finished commercial school at the time because my side problem was increasing. So I left school and in frustration, but I burnt all my books, all my certificates. All reading material, I just lit a fire and I burnt everything. So for about six years, I was just home, doing nothing, becoming depressed, becoming frustrated, vexed with God, because I didn't understand why God was allowing me to go through this. I felt like I was the only person in the whole world was going through this situation. I think a break came for me in 1982, when a visually impaired gentleman who attended my church Someone spoke to him about my situation and he introduced me to the Blind Welfare Association back in 1982. And it was only there I think I was really empowered because now I'm seeing blind persons living normal lives. They have husbands, they have wives, they have children. You know, so it gave me that assurance, well, there is still life even after losing sight. And I think that's where my life really took off when I came into contact with other visually impaired persons like myself. Then I realized, well, it wasn't all lost. There was still hope. There was still life, even if I lost my sight then. You worked at the Blind Welfare for 36 years. Tell us about your experiences there. You had a rough time, um, especially this year. But tell, us your ex tell us the good experiences first. All right, the good experiences... I think I was able to 
bring some changes to the Blind Welfare Association. What I discovered here over time is that we were seemingly bent on a welfare syndrome, a kind of heavily blind, heavily blind kind of thing. We need help. We need welfare, you know. So I was able to bring some changes in my own way to the Blind Welfare Association. I was one. I was the person who, around about the year 2000, there about influenced by my wife then, who brought the trade union to the Blind Welfare Association. Because up to this point in time, we were regarded as what what was the word used? Attendees. What that word meant, I don't know. Attendees. To me, attendees sound like something from a clinic or a mental institution or something of that, that kind. Right? But I was able to personally introduce the trade union to the Blind Welfare Association and workers now became a little more self-sustaining. Yeah, life was different for blind workers with the onset of the trade union. Up until then, even by a government minister, we were not considered as workers. And I am saying, if we are paying national insurance, we are paying health surcharge, why aren't we called workers? Yeah, former government minister had issue with that. Right? So those were the good things that I remember best at the Blind Welfare Association. I served on the Council of the Blind Welfare Association for about five years. Did introduce a lot of changes, I'm sure, along with other persons like myself. Yes, yeah, so it wasn't all sad and gloomy and bad. There were some positive changes that I was able to effect at the Blind Welfare Association, definitely. You, there was a previous controversy going on um, about you and some monetary constraints. Would you mind telling us about that? All right. I proceeded on pre-retirement leave in August of 2017. And I was unable to get my remuneration from the association until only recently after I raised my voice and made some issues. I know it would take a little time for all the processes, all the bureaucracy to take place. But I felt like it was being drawn out for far too long. I began to ask questions as to whether it was intentional or deliberate. But thankfully, yes, just about a week or so ago, I was able to finally get that matter settled after making some noise to put in my leave. I was able to get that matter settled. And so now I am in receipt of my remuneration after 36 long years. I mean, all I want is to enjoy the fruits of my labor. And seemingly, I was being denied of enjoying the fruits of my labor. But yes, I have in fact received those remuneration sales. Oh, congratulations on your, your, your dividends. How would you compare the leadership of the Brand Welfare Association back then and now? What do you see happening? Do you see blind or visually impaired persons benefiting from the uh, organization? What I found then, as I mentioned earlier, is that it seemed as though the word welfare was being used to suggest that we as blind persons were only about welfare, as though we couldn't attain no independence, as though the only work that blind persons could do would be to make baskets and that kind of thing. And I think management was satisfied, management were comfortable with promoting welfare. So that once you're blind, I remember people asking me many times, when they heard I was at the Blind Welfare Association, so you can make a basket for me. So people only associate blind persons with baskets for obvious reasons. 
And so welfare, the management seem only to promote welfare. Unfortunately, still the current, the current administration at the Blind Welfare Association, in my name, still seem to be bent on pushing welfare. I don't think they are doing very much to market blind persons as able-bodied persons who can fit in, into any job market. No, I think welfare is still being pushed. They don't see blind persons as able to come out of this basket-making thing or able to really become independent in jobs and so. So I think that, that has not changed very much from then to now. Welfare still seems to be what controls us. Cyril, before we wrap up, uh, what advice would you like to give to persons uh, with special needs, you know, especially during this COVID time? Well, we can only do what we have been advised to do. Stay at home, practice all the recommended and suggested policies that we have been given to wash and to sanitize and wear your mask and all that. We as a visually impaired person, we are really in a, in a vulnerable category. A visually impaired person, hands are his eyes. You know, so we are in a really vulnerable position. So the best thing that we can do is wherever physically possible, avoid going out, stay home, stay safe. I do it all the time. I get a little tired of the house. But I think it's the safest thing to do at this time to avoid getting infected with this virus. Stay out of the harm's way. That's what I would say. Stay out of harm's way. Thank you, Cyril, for coming on the show despite your busy schedule. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. You can call on me anytime. <laughs> yeah. so, remember, oh, so remember, guys, life is a journey. Live good, love God. One love, one heart. Let's get together and feel good. Blessings. See you next week, Sunday. We are Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited, proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. We encourage you to listen and join us in a journey of cultures, ideas, and innovations as Diva takes us around the world with her guests. An amazing show with an amazing host. We thank you for accepting the challenge of opening your mind. We are Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited and we are a proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. Hello, my name is Saddam Ahmed and I'm the Chief Executive Officer of Accessible Technology Solutions Enterprises. At Accessible Technology Solutions, we offer highly customized training for all your adaptive technology needs, whether it be JAWS for Windows, for someone who's recently gone blind, whether it's learning your Mac, or harnessing the amazing potential of your iPhone using adaptive technology like VoiceOver. For more information, please visit us on the website, www.accessibletechnologysolutions.com. I'm Saddam underscore Ahmed 11 on Twitter at Accessible Technology Solutions Enterprise on Facebook or email us sadam at sadamahmed.com. Accessible Technology Solutions. Your problems, our solutions.